that later on with Safa. We'll talk Formula One also, but we're going to start by talking rugby with Coach uh, Jake White. This is SAFM Sport with Tabiso Musia. Let's welcome the coach on the line. Coach, good evening from us on SAFM. Congratulations and thank you for speaking to us this evening. Uh, thank you, Tabiso. It, it was another very dominant performance, coach, especially in a final. I've seen now they say it's the biggest winning margin in a Curry Cup final. Does that point to an all-round performance from from your team? Yeah, look, I mean, obviously the Curry Cup's been going on for about 130 years and to get the biggest ever winning margin in the Curry Cup final tells you you must have done something right. You know, I mean, that's a good Sharks team. We we played 100 minutes last year to beat them. So, yeah, it was, for me, it was a, I wouldn't say the perfect performance, but as close as to perfect as you can get. And what does it say about the mentality of your team, coach, that they're able to get it together when it matters the most also? Yeah, exactly that. I don't think it's just a mentality. It's just the understanding of, you know, you would know being in the sport world is you want to make sure you get better at the, at the back end of the competition at the end. Um, and when the playoffs come, you want to be playing your best rugby. And, you know, over the last two weeks, we beat Western Province, you know, by 40-odd points and then beat the Sharks by 40-odd points. So, you know, at least then you know that uh, they're peaking at the right time in, in all aspects, in whether they're conditioned or, you know, whether or not they're physically ready or mentally ready or skillfully the best they've been. You know, obviously, I think everyone in their department was very happy. And, I mean, the margin is 30, 34 points. Is that an indication of how big the gap is between the Bulls and the rest of the sides here at home, Jake? Yeah, look, I mean, I'd like to believe that means that we are we are getting better and better and better. But, I mean, rugby is a funny thing, you know. I mean, obviously, you know, that generally, if you look at the Pumas and the Griquas, they both, you know, were, were really good sides in the competition and, and their budgets are really small. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what we would like to do is make sure that the Bulls stay ahead. And when we get a result like that and we beat sides as dominantly as we have in the last couple of weeks, then you would like to believe that's a great that's a great start for where we want to be, you know. But, uh, you know, that competition is now finished and we leave on Saturday and we go and mm. play in another competition of which four of our first our games are away. Unbeaten in 22 also, Coach, at Loftus. Was that the plan when you came back, when you took over at the Bulls, to make Loftus a fortress? Because you certainly have. Yeah, look, I mean, that that is it's obviously gone on for a long time, 22 games. But, I mean, that was always part of the plan. I think any team you take over, you want to make sure that people come to your home ground and find it difficult to beat you. I mean, I think every one of the top teams in any sport, you know, whether it's baseball, basketball, American football, you know, rugby union, people want to make sure that their home ground becomes, you know, a difficult place for opposition to beat them at. And I know from history that the Loftus ground has always been a very, very difficult ground for opposition to win it. Mm. And I'm glad that we've, you know, obviously got that back again because I'm, I'm sure that, you know, the longer you keep it, the more and more difficult it is for, for teams to come to Loftus and win. I guess the only downer is that there have been no fans to witness this remarkable turnaround, coach, since you took over. Yeah, that that has been that has been in a you know obviously a bit of a letdown. But I think you know just walking around the streets of Pretoria and and bumping into people that are involved with you know with rugby and and supporters of the Blue Bulls, whether it be you know whether we go to the Northern Transvaal or whether you know I'm at functions and I'm talking about rugby club functions or. You can just sense that people are very, very happy. So, I mean, I'm sure once the 
once the you know the government allows people to come back and watch, and hopefully we can have crowds. I'm sure it's not going to be long before we have a full house at Loftus, which mm. you know which will be very pleasing not only for me but I'm sure for the players as well. Mm. And just back to the game, coach. Was there any concern after Johan Hosen tested positive for COVID because he's been brilliant since coming back home? Did you feel that maybe the Sharks could try and take advantage of that? Yeah, look, I mean, I think obviously not so much because we didn't have faith in Chris. I think we mm. know how good Johan Hosen is. We know how well he played. And he's never won a Curry Cup. You know, interesting enough for a guy like him who's got so much, you know, I suppose so much talent and also won so many competitions and played in so many big games. He's never really ever had the luxury of winning a carry cup on the field, you know, as much as he's part of this group. I think that was why it was a little bit of a disappointment for everybody and for him as well, because we really wanted him to feel and be part of it. Um, but, you know, I think, again, all credit to the coaches and, and the people that work with that group because, you know, the message was clear. It's not just about one guy. It's about everyone doing their job. And as you said earlier on, it was a great performance by everybody. So at least, you know, everyone feels as though they contributed. And and with Johan and how brilliant he's been since joining the Bulls, I mean, he's playing like a man possessed. Is he somebody who's got something to prove here at home, uh, Coach uh, Jake? Because we know that he was a baby bark and a lot was expected of him. He had injuries and then he also went overseas and he just seemed to be dis- to disappear off the radar a bit. Yeah, so, you know, the other thing is he wasn't just a baby bock. I think he was a, a spring bock at a very young age, and then he played 17 tests. And, you know, it's like anything. When, you, when you're young, you probably don't take, you know, don't take it as seriously as you should. You take certain things for granted. And I think he came back, and he's, he probably feels as though he's got unfinished business, and he would like, I suppose, like any young boy, to get another chance to play for South Africa. And, and he's going about it the right way. You know, he's playing well for us. Um, and, and, you know, I think the reality is that he's driven and he's a very, very uh, hard-working player. And I've got no doubt if he carries on like that, you know, he's going to make it difficult for the selectors to, to leave him out all the time. And 10 is his best position for you? Sorry? I'm saying you think 10 is his best position because he has played, he has been moved around yeah, a bit. Yeah, you know, the interesting thing is he can play 10, 12, 13 and 15. I mean, he <laughs> played 13 for Montpellier and he was, you know, he was a uh, man of the match. I think in, when he played for Racing Metro, when they had Dan Carter at 10, he played 13, and I think he was the best player in the French League that season as well. So, I mean, to be fair to him, I know that he wants to play anywhere and he's happy to play anywhere. I just mm. think at this point in time, it's nice for us to, to blood him as a 10 and to give him as much time as we can at number 10 because he actually quite enjoys it. But, you know, as we saw this weekend, Chris Smith is, you know, obviously also a good player. So they won't. Mm. You know, it doesn't mean we'll move, Kwasin. It just means that if we have to and we need to and, and we want to pick a, a different team, we can always play somewhere else. Okay, for those just joining us, we're just congratulating, congratulating the Blue Bulls on their fantastic win in the Curry Cup final. They thumped the Sharks by 44 points to 10, their biggest winning margin in a Curry Cup final in the history of the Curry Cup. So it shows you how impressive and how dominant they've been. And we've got a voice note that's come through for Coach Jake on 61 Congratulations, uh, Coach Jake, for winning the Curry Cup for the second consecutive year. I believe you'll challenge uh, the, the Le- Leinster in the United Rugby Championship. Uh, you've got a great team. You can even win it. You know, uh, you can even win it. Um, an exciting uh, feature for your players there at Loftus. I just want you to tell us how do you do your recruitment process? Because I see you also signed a lot of schoolboys. 
recently a seller of school boys you have signed how do you do your recruitment process especially at a junior level um, because I saw the boys have aligned Tabi so their structures you know their clubs and schools they've got great and also They've also revived their club rugby there. Uh, you know, the Charlton uh, Cup has also been revived. So their pathway structures there at, in Pretoria have been aligned. You know, also in Limpopo, you know, the clubs now are aligned to the ball structure. So how do you do your recruitment process, Coach Jake? Um, and I'm very excited, man, because I'm also a Bulls fan, you know. Club rugby okay. in, in, in Pretoria has been revived, which is good. Thank you very much, Tabiso. Yes. Exciting future indeed. Thanks, uh, Libra. They also picked from the Varsity Cup team there, so everything looking good there. Coach, do you want to respond to that about your recruitment? Yeah, so, um, yeah I think so. I mean, obviously, some great comments made there, mm. some great insight. Um, look, I mean, the, the union uh, as director of rugby, uh, which means that I obviously oversee all the rugby, mm. it's wonderful to know that our structures are now falling into place. You know, our junior structures are very strong. They always have been. Um, you know, the recruitment is done based on the fact that we look at all the juniors coming through. I think what's going to happen more and more now is also to check juniors we think can play for the senior team. You know, it's no use now signing a young hooker, for argument's sake, if all our hookers are 20 years old, 21 years old. You know, there's no use spending money on another hooker. So there's a lot more planning that's going on behind the scenes, a lot more understanding about what positions and which players we need. Colton League is, is very strong, so the clubs are also recruiting players now for those clubs, which is helping us as well because it means that if a chap wants to come and study at university, he can go to a university club. If he wants to you know, maybe study in the evenings and do some work, he can play for one of our other Colton League clubs. Um, but I, I think if, if the university is strong, which it is, if the club system is strong, and our juniors are strong, then, then obviously it means that we can sustain the success of the seniors. We don't want to be a situation where the seniors are winning when everyone else is losing, and also there's no pipeline. Otherwise, what happens is, like it's happened before in Pretoria and at the Bulls, is when all the top players leave, then there's a massive vacuum and a massive void, and then you start again. So I think the lessons that had happened over the years, I think the Bulls have learned, and they're trying really hard to make sure that there's a succession plan. Mm. And what's the thinking when you bring back these experienced players? You've just brought back Bismarck now. Lionel Mapwe is at the Bulls and looks like a different player altogether. Yes. Well, you know, you know the, the thinking there is, and I think people need to, obviously, they don't know because things are changing all the time. But it looks like the Curry Cup's going to start in January again. And at the same time, there's the URC. Mm. And as I said to some of our supporters the other night, if you consider that that team that played now, and I'm, you know, obviously you all know the team that played in the final, but if you pick the players who are not there and they play in the Curry Cup, and I'm not saying it's going to be like that, but I'm just showing you the difference of two teams. You would have Trevor Nyankani, you would have Lisa Goboka, you would have Bismarck Tupersi, Walt, uh, Stienkamp, Sintu Mangesi, uh, Vier Stienkamp, Dwayne Vermeulen, Embrose Papir, Johan Goersen, um, uh, Geo Aplon. I mean, those are the players that are signed with us that are not playing. Now, if we play Curry Cup and those players play Curry Cup and the other team plays URC, mm. then we have a really good opportunity to have two really strong sides playing at the same time. And and I think that's exactly it. You know, when you say where do they fit in, it's, you need some of the seniors, you've got some of the junior players coming through, you'll need those guys to play the Richard Creels and play the Diego Apollos and play the Canaan Moody's that are all with the juniors now. 
mm. so that at least they don't we don't have all the juniors in one team and all the seniors in another team. Uh-huh. Okay, we're just going to take a quick break, Coach, and we'll wrap up after this as we look ahead to the URC. We are speaking to Coach Jake White after their fantastic win over the Sharks um, in the Kalin Curry Cup final this past week. Tabiso Musia on SAFM. We are wrapping up our conversation with Coach Jake White. Coach, as you said, now the focus turns to the URC. You've already had a taste of playing European competition against Benetton. What are you expecting against this side? Yeah, Tabiso, I must say, I mean, having played in Benetton, we got caught a little bit. I mean, obviously, we didn't play our best rugby, and we admit that. But uh, I think what was pleasant was that the players realized just how tough it is to play in a different competition. I think no one's fault, but we played the same teams over and over and over. You know, whether it's Curry Cup or Preparation Series or Franchise Cup or Rainbow Cup or whatever you want to call it, we've had through COVID, have no, had no international uh, exposure. And I'm expecting a completely different, uh, in a completely different competition. I'm just, as I said, hoping that the players who were part of that Benetton game will understand that we've got to be a little bit, uh, I suppose, a little bit better, and also a little bit more understanding that the game is is a bit different. Mm-hmm. And with the Bulls expected to lead the charge for the SA teams, coach, what will be your expectations in this tournament? What will make a good oh, look, tournament? I mean, I mean, the expectations always so is to win. I mean, we don't <laughs> want to go into a competition and not. So, I mean, the reality is, and we know it's tough. I mean, sides like Leinster and Munster have got lots and lots of internationals. Yeah. They've dominated this competition. It looks like with a you know with a travel restriction, things are going to be a little bit more difficult for us than it is for the other teams because of the fact that we've got to go away for longer periods of time, and also I suppose all the COVID testing during the week and all that sort of thing. But and I still think the expectations is that we give ourselves a fair chance to actually try and still win the competition. Would the Curry Cup then have prepared you adequately for this URC, coach? Yeah, look, I think Curry Cup will always help. I mean, the reality is there's still games. I mean, the one thing in our favour is that Leinster have come off a pre-season, which I suppose in some ways is fantastic because they've had time to get their team together and obviously work on all the extra things they want to and also medically and physically get their players up for it. The one thing we suppose that we have in our favour is we've played a lot of rugby in the last couple of weeks, which means rugby-wise we could we could actually be a little bit better prepared. Um, but saying that, I mean, Leinster, I've, got, you know, I've been there with really good teams before. I went there with Montpellier yeah. and lost you know, badly to Leinster because, you don't, I mean, let's not forget, I think two-thirds, if not more, of their squad are in Irish internationals. And... Uh, yeah, it's a tough competition. But saying that, I mean, it doesn't mean we're not going to go there and, and give ourselves, you know, as bad a chance as we can to get a result. And when it comes to the interpretation of the laws of the game, Coach Jake, or the officiating, do you expect anything to be different now? Yeah, look, there are a couple of changes. There are a couple of changes to the laws. I, I think, again, similar to the test matches now with, the, you know, goal line dropouts and, you know, 50-20 kicks where you kick from your own half and it rolls out in the 22, you get the line out. And also one or two changes in terms of slow ball uh, management, how you can latch to your, your teammate. But over and above that, I think also the interpretations of the referees. It's a very different game up there. You know, we noticed when we were, were there with Benetton and, you know, having coached in the Northern Hemisphere, the game is a little bit different. You know, for whatever reason, whether the fields are a bit slower, you know, whether or not, the, you know, the, the, the contests are a little bit different. But, but saying that, it's going to be the same for everybody. You know, I mean, it's, uh, 
it's a competition where we'll have to learn to adapt, no, no different to the way we did this year. And, and we've asked, and, and, and I think the referees have helped in trying to get the officiating in South Africa as close to the same as we're going to get in the Northern Hemisphere. Okay, wonderful, Coach. And just finally, your thoughts on the box going down to Australia yesterday. It was a close game. Were you surprised by the result? Because everybody had the box as a banker this weekend. You know, look, I mean, I was surprised. And I say surprised because, I mean, we were champions. We played really well against the Lions and we got some good results there. I, I suppose the one thing, and I mean, they won't, they won't, when I say admit it, but they won't probably understand it. But playing in front of crowds is a very, very different thing in the beginning. Mm. I remember, as I said, I mean, it sounds, and it's not an excuse at all, but it sounds, you know, like an excuse. But playing at Benetton in front of 3,000 people just changes a little bit, changes something. And, and I'm sure that that crowd and the goal kick at the end and, mm. you know, penalty at the end and the whole little hype there probably, you know, does does affect players. And, and I'm sure we'll get better. I mean, to score three tries to one and lose a, a test match isn't isn't the ideal way to start. But, you know, I'm sure we'll bounce back. You know, I'm sure that we will, you know, we will we'll learn from that. And next week we play them at Suncorp and we'll probably be a little bit more aware of, of what to expect. What about the kind of rugby that the box continue to play, coach? I mean, Dave Rennie said after the game that they played against a team that just doesn't play rugby. It's been described as boring by, 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 by many other people. Yeah, you know, there's such a debate about that, you know, but there's like anything. It's, you know, often people have asked me the same question. You play chess and it's a, you know, it's a sport where you try and outsmart and, 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 you know, outthink the opposition and there's lots and lots of ways to play chess as well, you know, and, you know, that sometimes the end of the result is you want to, you want to win the chess game and, and put people into checkmate and we've been doing that. It suits us. We do it well. You know, it's not always the way other people would play chess, um, but it's working for us. You know, and I think that's the challenge. I mean, we're obviously not going to be able to play like that forever and ever, but, you know, for now, the way the laws are and the way that the game is interpreted, the way the game is is officiated, you can get away with it. So, yeah. you know, let's not forget, at the end of the day, you know, running out 15 versus 15, there's, there's only one score that counts, and that's the end <laughs> score. You know, so... And, and I think South Africa have done that incredibly well for the last couple of years. So, you know, yeah, as I said, I mean, I think people will always, they'll always have the debate, but that's what makes rugby union such an incredible game because you can play it in so many different ways. You know, you can play it with different players as well, big players, small players, quick players. You know, the uniqueness of rugby union is exactly that. It's, it's unique and how you get a result is, is obviously the way you play. Okay, we'll take your word for it, Coach Jake, but well done on another dominant performance in the Cairo Cup and all the best in the URC. And thank you very much for taking our call tonight. Thank you so much. Thank you for your support as well. Thanks, Coach Jake White. Thank really. You. Thanks, Jake. Been fantastic since the returning home, since joining the Bulls. I guess we expected nothing less. It is Jake White, after all, a World Cup winner, folks.